This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I am your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Our guest is Jeff Greenberg. Thanks for being on the show, Jeff. Well, thank you, Whitney. I'm happy to be here. How you got started in the syndication business, and then you know, let's talk a little bit about how others can get started, and then we'll move from there into just partnerships and and just thinking strategically about partnerships and how others get started. The way that I got started, and I'm not saying best way to get started or the only way to get started, but it is the way that I did. That I happened to go to a real estate event and meet with a guru, and went and participated in his program for for several years. I don't know that that's the way that it needs to be. I think that people need guidance. They need people that have more expertise than themselves. And it could be a one-on-one mentoring with somebody that has gotten into the business and has become an expert in that business and doing it that way. But, you know, I learned it that way. I, I followed the program for quite some time and then was able to purchase my properties and get involved with, with people that way. It's a question I get weekly about different coaching programs and should somebody sign up and pay this money to this person or to this person or why or why not? And finding a mentor, I feel like, is a must. You know, it's, it's non-negotiable. Like everybody needs a mentor in many aspects of life, I feel like. But, you know, as far as, you know, you found this mentor, are there other people that maybe signed up at the same time you did, but hasn't been as successful as you that you know of? And do you know why? Absolutely. And I would say... A very large percentage of people that go into those programs from a seminar aren't successful, but I don't blame the gurus that are putting on the programs as much so as the people lack the drive and would say that typically is the big piece. You need to have that motivation. You need to have a strong why, and you also need someone guiding you, but having somebody guiding you that without your own internal motivation, if they can't turn that on, if they can't get that moving and you can't do it or you're not doing it, it's not going to happen. And to answer your question, why am I successful? And There's others that aren't. Many others that I could think of thousands of people that I had met over the years that aren't in the business anymore. And it's mainly, you know, that drive, that why, you know, why am I doing this? Why I would rather be doing a whole bunch of other things, you know, attitude that if you don't get past that, you quit, you know, okay, this isn't important. It's not working. It's not what they said. And so they're out of it. So that's what it takes. And you talk to anyone, I believe anyone that I've ever talked to that's been successful, unless they were, you know, extremely lucky has gone through this where they started questioning why they were doing this, why were they traveling all over the country and going to all these events. And you've got to have that internal drive and finding the right mentor is also part of it. I could relate a real short story. I had a guy call me up and ask, he lived about 20 minutes away from where my meetup was. And he asked if I had anything closer to where he lived, that he didn't want to drive that far. And I'm afraid I kind of lost it. And I chewed him out. I told him, look, if you can't drive 20 minutes to go to a meeting, don't bother 
getting into real estate. Don't bother opening a business. Don't bother doing anything. Just stay home and watch TV because 20 minutes is nothing. You know, sometimes I'll drive two, three hours on a work night to get to a meetup and somebody that couldn't drive 20 minutes to come to a meeting shouldn't bother. So it's the drive. You really need to be motivated to do it and to see what's at the end of the rainbow. You know, it's a great business, fantastic business, but you have to work it. You know, I heard uh, Terrell Fletcher speaking. He's a football player, and he related like the process of becoming successful as a professional athlete like that is that you have to love the process. And he related it to being, I think he's a boxer. I can't remember exactly, but it was like if the process means getting punched in the face, but he knows after he's punched in the face 10 times, he's going to be successful. Then he was just like, let's get it over with, (laughs) you know. But you have to be ready. You have to love the process because you know by doing that, you're going to get somewhere. You're going to be successful. But you got to be willing to be punched in the face a few times and, and to keep going, right? you got to be have that drive like you're talking about. Absolutely. You have to want it. And what would you say really gave you that drive, Jeff? What, you know, what made you really stick it out till you know, you've had some success now and numerous properties and, you know, kept you going through the learning process and to get to that first deal? Well, Initially, what it was, I was in the middle of a divorce and I saw that my retirement wasn't going to be sufficient, that I was going to be losing my house in the divorce. And I knew that I had to do something. And that was essentially the impetus that I wanted to be able to retire. And I had a bunch of grandkids and I wanted to be able to spend time and do things with my grandkids and not worry about, you know, where the money was coming from. You know, I also leave in a legacy to my family and to be an asset to them and be able to help them move along in their lives. So that was essentially mine. I mean, the divorce was probably the big thing. So essentially, you just gave yourself no choice, right? I mean, you just, this is what I've got to do and for your retirement, for your family, and we're going to make it happen. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And sometimes that's what it takes. Damien John has a great book that I really like called The Power of Broke. And he profiles a bunch of people that have really no other choice. I mean, they could have gone to the dark side, but instead they pushed themselves through and were successful in their businesses. And he's one of those people that grew up poor in bad conditions and pushed himself to be a success. So there's a lot of that in these stories that people push themselves and they were successful because of that. Are there other ways that you've seen people get into this business, you know, outside of paying, you know, a quote guru and quote, you know, a lot of money, other ways that, you know, maybe you have friends that have gotten into this business and have been successful other ways? Well, you don't have to definitely pay for a mentor. As you mentioned, we need mentors. We all need mentors, but that doesn't mean you have to pay for them in money. There's a lot of things that you can do for a somebody that's successful. And that's not just in the real estate, but that's just about in any business. If you find a way to be of value to them and their business to add value, you find someone from one of your real estate groups that is successful in doing fix and flips, if that's what you want to do, and you add value to their business that you can learn from them. The apprenticeship process is probably the best way to do things, but you do need to add some kind of value. So could you elaborate on like maybe some good examples of ways to add value? Or maybe if I didn't know you, Jeff, and I was just trying to get started into this business, some ways that I could, I've seen that you're successful and I thought, okay, you know, I'd really like to work with Jeff Greenberg. What would be some ways that someone could add value to somebody, you know, that's 
at your level of experience in a business like yours? Well, typically, most of the people that I know as syndicators, there's two things that they always need. They always need the deals, and that's you know appropriate deals, not just properties that are coming out and being sent to them, but good deals as well as equity. Those seem to be the two big ones. So, or at least they are in my circles. If somebody could actually evaluate a deal and bring a deal to me in a good market that's been well thought out and well researched, that's certainly a huge value. The other thing is, is bringing in equity. If people can introduce a syndicator to new money, new people that would like to you know, get their money into or out of the stock market into real estate. You know, those are the two big ways that people have worked with me in the past. No doubt. Everybody needs bills and money, right, to make it happen. That's all part of the business. Our guest is Krista Testani. Thanks for being on the show, Krista. Thank you so much for having me, Whitney. I appreciate it. Krista, you know, give the listeners a little bit more about who you are and how you got into this business, and then we'll start you. Oh, great. Thank you so much. Well, again, my name is Krista Testani. I live in Long Island, in case anyone can't figure that out from my very thick accent. I was an attorney. I still have my license. But having practiced for a number of years and given the demands of that industry, a lot of hours that you have to work, a lot of time spent away from your family, I really wasn't loving what I was doing. And when you work that much, you should really love what you're doing. I transitioned out in 2007 not knowing what I was going to do next, believe it or not. It was a recommendation by my husband at the time. He had always been interested in real estate and he was a retired firefighter. And so him and a few partners, other retired firemen, got together and we all formed a company and decided to buy singles on Long Island and flip them. It was back in 2009. There was a lot of distressed assets and that's what we did. But I had realized very early on that I wanted to scale this business. And I did not think buying and flipping real estate, single family homes was a way to do it. So I ventured off, joined a mentorship program, learned about multifamily. And 2012 is when I really got into multifamily with 2013 being my first acquisition. Nice. It's a big deal. I mean, you had to leave, you know, you didn't just start that overnight. Right? No, I did not. Right. No. And that took a lot of work. I quit abruptly because I actually was one of those aha moments where the gentleman that I was working for for a number of years, 10 years, I was very close with him in the industry, had a heart attack and died. And he was 42 at that time. And that was kind of my, yeah, it was a wake up call for me. Like, what am I doing here, spending all this energy and time working, again, spending hours away from my family? And Tomorrow's not guaranteed for any of us. So let me figure out what I want to do. And I quit cold turkey, which was a shocking, (laughs) shocking thing for both me and my husband to, to do. But he was patient and very supportive. And it did. It took me a couple of years to really figure it out. But I was very happy that I jumped into real estate because it really, truly became what I learned to be was my passion. I just got there in a very bizarre way. Wow. It wasn't as direct as most people's paths into real estate. And you know, I find though that numerous guests have a story, not exactly like that, but somehow where they've like burned a bridge and just jumped in with both feet. Yes. And then it's it's like, you don't have a choice, but to make it happen. Sink or swim. Yes. Sink or swim. Yeah. Sometimes. And I think I've always operated best under pressure and that sink or swim scenario has always 
propelled me to do my best. And that's exactly what happened here. I like that. And then, and I want to get into some other stuff, but I wanted to ask, you know, how much credit, you know, as far as like you said, you joined a mentorship program, as far as deciding who that mentor was, how did you do that? I get that question often. Because there's a lot of programs out right. there. There's a lot of people providing education. So you got to be careful. You know, you, you do have to be careful. Obviously, location was part of my choice. I wanted to physically be in front of that person. There's a lot of programs that you can do online, materials you can purchase online. But I wanted a mentor that I could sit in front of, look at eye to eye and really get to know that person. So location was a part of the process. Then sometimes it just comes down to the gut reaction you have to someone, whether or not you feel like you're just being sold a program or whether you know that you're dealing with someone who A, is doing the do. This is a piece too. I wanted a coach that was also doing multifamily investing, not just at this point coaching on it because I wanted to be able to see him or her in action doing his business. And that's how he modeled his actual program. It was diving in with him into what he was doing and learning what he was doing as he was moving through the process. So there's a lot that goes into it's all it's a very personal choice, but those are some of the recommendations that I would put out there to people. Live in-person coaching, I think, is a good thing. I like that. I don't hear of too many coaches that will, I guess, be that open about their current things they're working on or doing right now in the business. I agree. That's important. Transparency and integrity. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, let's talk about that first deal. And were you all formed as a company yet, like with your current partners at that time, at the time you did the 50 unit? Was that your first deal? Was the 50 unit? Maybe I'm getting that mixed up. Yeah, my very first deal was a 20 unit. It was a smaller deal. But I syndicated. I had a company formed at that time with the partners at that time. Okay. I since have new partners. Chris Jackson, I formed my company in 2016. But yes, we formed an LLC and we did syndicate the deal and go out to our network with that very first deal. Because I knew from the get-go syndication was what I needed to do. Because again, I went into multifamily to scale. So you're not going to scale that type of business by using all your own money because eventually you run out. So I syndicated from day one. Love it. So what gave you the confidence to syndicate that first deal? That took some training or maybe the mentor. What was it? I truly believe that to be able to do this, because your first deal is the hardest, obviously, for all the obvious reasons. And I really believe that knowledge transforms into confidence and that transforms you into your results. That gets you your results. So you have to arm yourself with knowledge. So yes, the mentorship program was huge. And whether it be a mentorship program or classes that you take or some type of education platform, you have to go out to your network. And even though it's your first deal, you still have to know what you're talking about. And you have to make your the people that are listening to you feel comfortable that you know what you're talking about. So knowledge was huge. I leveraged my mentor. I leveraged his experience. I invested in two of his deals. Because right away, I was able to go out to my network and say, I passively invested in two deals. I did what I'm asking you to do. And because it was my mentor, I was also more involved in those deals. So I called myself an equity investor, what what I was, but I was more active. I called myself active. It was a passive investment, but I was more active because I was working with my mentor on those deals. 
that was huge to be able to do that because from my very first presentation, I got feedback from my investors saying, my, my ultimately they invested, even though this is your first deal, it doesn't sound like it's your first deal. So that's important. You really have to know what you're talking about. That's a new term for me, active. Active? <laughs> Passive and active. That's a well-used term that we use all the time. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day.